0: today. God's going to reveal something personally to me, for me. Amen? Why? Because this is a year of revelation, folks. Amen. But it's going to reveal something directly to you. So don't think this is going to be some little cute Easter message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Something to be revealed to you so you can leave of here victorious. Yeah. Amen. amen. That's what he paid the price for. Come on. Amen. So turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. We're going to minister on today from the cross to the throne. From the cross to the throne. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. It says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He also himself likewise took part of the same, that through, that through our reading, aren't y'all, that through, thank you, this is not a one-way street here, we're in participation, (laughs) that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is who, the devil, And deliver them who through fear of death death, were all their lifetime subject to what? Bondage. Bondage. Now, you know, for the last couple of months, we've been talking about the blessing. Come on, say amen, somebody. And we know through our study that Jesus lived and ministered in the power of the blessing. But I want you to know he didn't do it just to give us an example to follow. Let me say it again. He didn't do it just to give us an example to follow, and he didn't take on human flesh so that he could show people how to live a blessed and godly life. Let me say that one more time. He didn't come just to give you an example to follow, and he didn't take on human flesh so that he could show people how to live a blessed and godly life. Amen. Amen. I see these faces out there. Amen. (laughs) Amen. See, there's no way we can live like Jesus by following his good example. Tell neighbor, there's no way. The reason why is because why? We were born of the lineage of Adam. We were born of sinful seed. Come on, are you with me out here? That's why God didn't send Jesus to be our example. He sent Jesus to be the firstborn of a whole new breed. Let me say that again. He sent Jesus to be what? A firstborn of a what? Whole new breed. See, conceived in a womb of a virgin, Jesus was God's own son. Amen? Amen. The second member of the Godhead, clothed in a body of flesh that passed not with sin-contaminated blood of Adam. Are you following me out here? But what? what? But he had sinless blood generated by the word of his heavenly father. Somebody say, send this blood. Come on. He was the pure seed who would rise to a whole new species of humanity, a God born race of men. You say it again. He was the pure seed who would give rise to a whole new species of humanity, a God born, come on, a God born race of men women, children, with spirits as holy and full of divine glory as his own. I'm talking about a reborn race as pure as God himself, completely untainted by the bitterness of the curse we talked about Friday. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. See, understand this. What Jesus came to accomplish... Was sheer supernatural genius. Let me say it again. What Jesus came to accomplish was sheer supernatural what? Genius. Listen, it was a plan so perfect and so perfectly hidden in God that the devil and all his craftiness couldn't figure it out, folks. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. Come on, we ask God to give you revelation, right? Come on, say by faith I'm going to receive it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. Notice what he says here. But we speak the wisdom of God in a what? Mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our what? Glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it. Come on, say amen, somebody. They would not have what? Crucified who? The Lord of glory. Listen, if the devil and his crew had been able to detect even the faintest inkling of what was going to happen when Jesus went to the cross, folks, they would have left him alone. They would have what? Listen, they would have realized that that one sinless life alone could never turn back the flood of evil that had been released through the fall of man. Are you with me out here? Listen, they would have known that Jesus' earthly ministry, as powerful as it was, could not liberate a sin-slave world. Had they not been blinded by their own pride and spiritual darkness, folks, they would have paid closer attention to what Jesus declared in John twelve twenty four. Look at that. John chapter 12, verse 24. If they would have what? Not been blinded by their own pride and their own spiritual darkness, they would have paid close attention, closer attention to what Jesus said here and declared here in John 12, 24. He said, Verily, verily, what? Amen. Say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it what? A bite of alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth what? much fruit look at verse 27 he said now my soul is troubled what shall I say father what save me from this hour but what but for this cause is verse 27 came I unto this hour for this what cause I came I, I came I unto this what hour somehow the whole demonic kingdom Missed the point of these words. Yes, yes, amen, amen. They failed to grasp. It was not just Jesus' life. But his death. That would fill the earth. With sons of God like himself. Oh, are you with me out here? Listen. It was through his crucifixion folks. And resurrection. That he stripped Satan of his authority. And set earth's captives free. Yes, See the whole host of hell were totally ignorant of the fact that when they stirred up that mob in Jerusalem and they urged the crowd to cry out, crucify him, crucify him, it never occurred to them that they were about to be ambushed by the almighty God himself. Amen. Oh, come on, say amen Somebody, See, they just figured out just by killing Jesus, they just get him out the way. Are you with me out there? See, when their attempts begin to succeed, now think about this when their attempts begin to succeed, because why? They were shocked. Why? Because they tried to kill him many times and were unable to do it. They tried to throw him off a cliff one time and said he walked through the midst of them. So they should have been wondering, why all of a sudden is he submitting himself to torture and pain? Why, instead of asking God to send legions of angels to protect him, Why was he letting sinners jerk his beard out by them? Come on, out by the roots, just tearing the beard out. Come on. Why was he simply bowing his head beneath the skull, piercing crown of thorns all of a sudden? Why was he yielding his back to the flesh-ripping scourge and offering his hands and feet to those two-pound iron nails? See, they didn't know. What you and I know today, let me say it again, they didn't know what you and I know today that Jesus did it all to do what? To pay the price for sin. He did it for us. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, say he did it for me. He gave himself willingly, folks, to become the sacrificial lamb for the whole world. Are you with me? Come on, he poured poured out his pure, sinless blood on purpose to establish a new covenant between God and man. I'm talking about a covenant that would reconcile us and restore the blessing forever. Come on, that's why. I'm telling you, that's why he came. And see, what the new covenant cost Jesus. Say this again. What the new covenant cost Jesus goes beyond what our natural mind can comprehend. Amen. Amen. Even the most gruesome depictions of his physical suffering don't even begin to touch the fullness of the price that he paid. Amen. That's right. Amen. Why? Because his greatest agony, his greatest agonies were not physical but spiritual. Say it again. His greatest agonies was not physical, but what spiritual. Listen, he didn't just he listen he didn't just die a fleshly death, folks. He took listen he took into himself every sin mankind ever committed, past, present, and future. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. He took into himself every sin mankind ever did, ever committed, past, present, and future. Listen, he absorbed in his own spotless spirit every foul, demonically inspired thought, every foul, demonically inspired action, every foul, demonically inspired deed of humanity and suffered the full consequences of them. Go to Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. We read these scriptures Friday, but turn to them again. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Because we had a good Friday. Because <coughs> it was a good day. Yes, it was. Praise God. This 3 verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the what? Curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written Cursed is everyone that what? Hang up on the tree. Now look at Isaiah 53 6. Being made a what? Curse for us. Being made a what? Curse for us. He was made a curse for us. Isaiah 53 6 says, All we like sheep gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, listen to this now, the Lord laid on him the what? The iniquity of everybody in this room. Now, if you're wondering, how can sin get into Jesus' spirit if he never committed a sin? Come on, say amen, somebody. See, Jesus received spiritual death in the same way we receive spiritual life. How? By believing in his heart and confessing with his mouth that what God said would come to pass. Come on. He stood in faith on the word that the Lord would lay on him the iniquity of us all. And then he stepped out in obedience. By what? By going to the cross, and what happened? The word did its work. Say it again. The word, what? Did its work. And when it did, Jesus' body became so twisted, folks, and so dif- disfigured by the effects of sin that he didn't even look human. Matter of fact, go to Isaiah fifty-two fourteen. It tells us that. Come on. When that word went to work that he stood on faith for. That he would what? That God would lay on him the iniquity of us all. That word went to work and his body became so twisted. So disfigured by the effects of sin that he didn't even look like a man. And Isaiah fifty-two fourteen tells us, as many were astonished at thee. For his what? Visage. Was so marred. More than any man, and his form more than what? The sons of men. Listen, no human spirit has ever gone through the horror he did. Turn to Matthew 27, 54. Because this is what they witnessed. Matthew 27, 54. It says, now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus, they're watching him on that cross, folks. And they saw the earthquake. And those things that were done, what happened? They feared greatly, saying what? Truly, this was the Son of God. See, this centurion probably seen hundreds of people crucified. But he never seen anything like what happened to Jesus, folks. And see, the only thing he could figure was that what the Jews, and especially the Pharisees, had said was true. He said they must be telling the truth. This man must have committed some kind of blasphemy. Come on. He claimed to be equal to God. And now God. Come on. Now what? Now God in his wrath is now punishing him. We read in Isaiah, they thought he was smitten of God. Come on, are you with me out here? Even the devil must have eventually come to that conclusion that something, this man must have done something wrong. Why? Because he had no other explanation what was going on. Why was Jesus allowing him to do all these things? So the devil must have been thinking, I don't know what terrible thing this man done. But somehow, he has sinned in a way that his God has turned his back against him. And then if he had any doubts, they were erased when Jesus died physically. Come on. Because after he died physically, what happened? His sin, dead, in spirit descended into hell. See, that settled it for him. Oh, are you with me out here? That settled it for him. Amen. Not only did Jesus go to hell, folks. He sank into the deepest, darkest part of it. To do what? To suffer everything that was necessary on our behalf. Somebody say, on my behalf. Somebody say, my behalf. Now somebody say, I'm glad he did. Come on, say, I'm glad he did. Come on. See, the reason we're glad is because why? If he hadn't gone to hell, we would have to. Somebody, you need to say another thank you. Had he stopped short of paying the price, we would have to pay it ourselves. And see, the only reason we can walk a debt-free, walk into heaven debt-free, walk in the gates of heaven debt-free is because he paid it all. Come on, somebody say thank you, Jesus. Turn to Matthew 26, 39. Because understand this, it wasn't his physical death that, that he was agonizing on in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's not what he was agonizing over. It wasn't his physical death, But it was, it's what? it was his spiritual suffering he is about to face. Matthew 26, 39 says, and he went a little further and did what? Fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it be possible. Let this what? Cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. Listen, he wasn't asking to be spared the physical torment of the cross. That's not what he was asking. Tell your neighbor that's not what he was acting. Listen, he wouldn't have he wouldn't listen, he wouldn't have sweat drops of blood over the thought of his body dying. That wasn't the major part of what he was facing, folks. The thing he dreaded and felt so much sorrow about was being separated from his father. And not only that, and going to hell on behalf of mankind. Are you with me out there? Never, listen, never in all human history had anyone gone to hell and gotten out. say that again never in all human history had anyone gone to hell and gotten out no man had ever done what he was about to do folks no man had ever given himself up given himself up to spiritual death and then been made spiritually like no man say it ever no man yet jesus took the step of faith folks went to the cross believing Went to the cross believing. Went to the cross believing that by the power of God's word. He would be the first man ever born again from death to life. Come on. The first man to ever emerge triumphantly from the depths of hell. Somebody say the first man. So when he took that step. When he took that step, listen, every demonic spirit in existence, every principality, every power, every ruler of the darkness of this world, every wicked spirit in heavenly places came after him. Come on. They swarmed around him expecting to annihilate his spirit and lock him up in that pit. Come on. So he could never get out. That's what they thought. Come on. They sneered and exalted themselves over his torture emaciated, death-wrecked spirit thinking that somehow they had outsmarted the anointed one and done away with the blessing once and for all. But the whole thing was a trap. Let me say it again. But the whole thing was a what? Trap. Listen, it was a massive God-ordained trap. Amen. See, Jesus, the Holy Spirit and the Father himself had suckered, (laughs) had suckered all those demons there all at one time, all in one place for one reason, to strike them down with one single stroke. Come on, say amen, somebody. And just as God knew they would, they took the bait. And what happened? They took the bait. You know what happened when you go in there and you take the bait, like you get that little mouse trap. You take the bait. What happened? <laughs> that trap was what shut. And the next thing they knew, there was a voice that roared across the universe, shaking the very guts of hell, and striking like lightning into Jesus' shriveled, sin-plagued spirit. What was that voice saying? Go to Hebrews 1.5. Come on, the next thing to do, there was a voice that roared across the universe, shaking the very guts of hell, and striking light lightning into Jesus' shriveled, sin plague spirit. That voice says in Hebrew 1:5, for unto which of the angels said he at any time, doubt out, my son. This day have I what? begotten thee and again I will be to him a what a father and he shall be unto me what son and again he when he bring him into what the first begotten into the world he said let all the angels of God do what worship him listen these are the words that the Almighty spoke when he raised Jesus from the dead those are the words that brought forth the first begotten son, the first begotten man into the world, folks. Now, people have this misconception that when we read Jesus as being the begotten of God, amen, they have this misconception that when they, when they say begotten of God, it's meaning that he was born, when they talk about they refer to him, as born in Bethlehem. Come on, are you with me out there? Tell your neighbor no. Listen, God didn't become Jesus' father when Mary gave birth to his physical body. Let me say it again. God didn't become Jesus' father when Mary gave birth to his physical body. Jesus had been the Son of God throughout eternity. Matter of fact, go to John 1:14. See in Bethlehem. He simply took on a human form. Say it again. In Bethlehem, he simply took on a what? Human form. And that's what 1 John 4, 1, I mean, St. John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the word was what? The word was what? Made flesh and did what? Dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. Listen, it was after he was separated from God By spiritual death and the sin of mankind that God said going back to Hebrews 1:5, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a what son. It was when the power of God resurrected Jesus spirit in the pit of hell, and he was born again that he became Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. We're a word, church here. We're a word, church here. We're a word church here. Amen. Revelation 1.5 and it says from Jesus Christ who was a what? Faithful witness and what? The first begotten from where? Of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. At that moment folks, Jesus was brought to life. By God's words of dominion. Just as Adam was in the beginning. When God called him son, when God called him son, what did it do? It rocked the universe. Matter of fact, go back to Hebrews 1:6. Because he said, and again. When he bring up in the first begotten into the world, he said, and let all the angels of God worship him. Let all the angels of God do what? Worship him. And when he said son and said he's begotten again, he's my son again. Guess what? Every angel. Somebody say every angel. Every angel, including Satan himself, fell at the feet of Jesus. Now, they didn't like it, but they had to do it anyway. Come on. The whole filthy demonic horde sank weak knees in the presence of Jesus as his spirit was regenerated by the power of God's word. Come on now. And in a flash, in a flash, in a flash, guess what? The demonic party was over. Let me say that again. Say in a flash. The demonic party was over, folks. They weren't partying no more. Come on. See, the spirits of darkness that had been reveling over the mistaken idea that Jesus was forever whipped, scattered, they took off, folks. And they quaked like the cowards they are. And what did he do? He towered over them, looking like God Almighty himself. Speaking like God Almighty himself. Speaking with God's own voice. Come on, say amen. His eyes was blazing with glory. Highly exalted. Haven't been given a name that's above every name. Oh, come on now. Haven't been given a name that was Philippians 2.10. Haven't been given a name that's above every name. And Philippians chapter 2 verse 10. Turn your Bibles there. Bruce, you've been cheating too much. You ain't even look on your phone no more. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. That at the name of Jesus, that at the what? Name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth that that every tongue shall confess that what? Jesus Christ is Lord to the what? To the glory of the Father. And after that, that's when Jesus started to kick some demonic butt. Oh, come on, say Amen, somebody. Come on, he went into combat mode. Behind, but more importantly, where did he go to combat mode? at? he went into combat mode behind the gates of hell. And he won every fight. He defeated every demon, every principality, every power, every ruler. Come on, every ruler of God. Colossians two fifteen tells us that he defeated them all. Colossians two fifteen tells us that it says having what he did what spoiled the principalities and the powers. It says he did what made a show of them how openly triumphing over them in it. Come on, he put the devil and his defeated forces on public display. He conquered the devil and took the keys of death and hell away from him. And then Jesus paraded the devil down the avenues of hell. Oh, come on, say amen. Come on, he paraded the devil down the avenues of hell in full, listen, in full view. Of the heroes of faith who watched in awe from the upper regions of the dead. The place the Bible calls paradise. See all the prophets of the Old Testament. Those faith hall of famers we find in Hebrews chapter 11. Were there in the grandstands folks. Picture this now. They're there in the grandstands. Cheering wildly as Jesus defeated Satan and started whipping him. Matter of fact, 2 Timothy 1.10 says, "Turn there." This is how bad it was. Second Timothy chapter one verse ten. This is how bad he beat down Satan and all his demonic, force, demonic forces. It says, "But but he but is now made manifest by the appearing of what of our Savior Jesus Christ, who what who has abolished some might say abolished death." And has brought to life and mortality to light through the what? Gospel. Come on. Could you see them now? Could you see them now? Having a good time. Jumping up and down, screaming, shouting, whip him, Jesus. Whip him, Jesus. Put it on him, Jesus. Hit him again. (laughs) Come on. You would have did the same thing. Come on. (laughs) When Jesus defeated the devil and his forces in the pit of hell, folks. He turned to all, he then turned to all the old covenant believers who had been held captive by death. And pre, he did, he preached the gospel to them. Yes, yes, yes. Amen, amen. And he declared to them what he declared later in Matthew 28 18. Turn there. Come on, are you still with me there? Amen. Come on, you got your revelations on, right? Amen. You got your revelations on, right? Yep. Revelation 28 18, he says, And Jesus came and spake unto them and said, What? All power is given unto me where? In heaven and in earth. And when they heard that word, all power is given unto me where? In heaven and in earth. They believed what he said and what happened. And they were born again. Somebody say they were born again. And then what Jesus do next? Jesus said, come on, family. We're getting out of here. Ephesians 4 8. I'm only going to tell you what the scriptures say, y'all. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. What's it tell us? I don't get up here and quote. I want you to see it. Come on. Where if he he said, when he ascended up on high, what did he do? What did he do? He led captivity captives and gave gifts unto the man, but what did he do first? Verse 9, now he that ascended, what is it, but he also, what? Descended first into where? Into the lower parts of the earth, and he that descended is the same also that, what? Ascended up far above the heavens, that he might, what? Fill all Things. And I believe if you picture this, I believe what he did, he linked arms with Abraham on one side amen. and David on the other side. Come on, come, on, come on, say amen, somebody. And I believe he linked arms with and he marched the whole crowd shouting, singing, rejoicing. Come on, come on, rejoicing out of that captivity. And he shouted them right into glory. And I believe, if you picture it, I believe when he escorted them through heaven's gate, the heavenly father, compassion himself, must have run to meet them, shouting, "Their are home. They're home. They're home. They're home. At- Come on, are you with me out here? Come on, You got to picture this now. And I believe they had the most marvelous family reunion celebration you could even imagine. Come on. A celebration that they have been looking forward to for 4,000 years. But understand this. Even after Jesus poured out his blood of the New Testament or the New Covenant. Even after he defeated the devil. Even after he released the captive saints and cleansed the heavenly utensils of worship from the contamination of Satan, wiping every trace of him out of heaven, Jesus wasn't quite finished with the work of redemption, folks. Amen. Do you want to know what he else was going to do? Only one person? Okay. We're in the service right here, you know. <laughs> he had one more thing to do. He had to fulfill the promise he made to his disciples before he went to the cross. What was that promise? Go to John 14, 16. He had to fulfill the promise he made to his disciples before he went to the cross. I told you this wasn't going to be no cute little Easter message. John 14, 16 says, And I will pray the Father... And he shall give you what? Another what? Comforter. That he may what? Abide with you for how long? For how long? For how long? When Jesus made that request, it changed everything for his disciples. But not only for those who gathered at Pentecost in the upper room in Jerusalem, folks. But it changed everything for every disciple who will ever follow in their footsteps, folks. Somebody say, every. every. When he said, Father, send them the Holy Spirit, they're ready now. Let me say it again. When he said, Father, send them the Holy Spirit, they're ready now, the Father answered and said, I'll be most happy to do that. And guess what? Nothing was ever the same again. Say it again. Nothing was ever the same again. What happened? Heaven was poured out on earth. Heaven was poured out on earth. Y'all just as dead as this side over here. Heaven was poured out on earth. Go to Acts chapter 2 verse 2. Heaven was what? Give me one more try over here. Heaven was poured out on earth. Y'all still just as dead. I like this side over here better. Heaven was put out on earth. Thank you over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, y'all had help. Y'all had to get a help in the mouth of babes. A babe had to cry out in y'all's place. That's a shame. I actually have to do verse 2. It says in what? Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as a what? As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were what? Sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of what? Fire. And it sat upon what? Each of them. And they were all what? Filled with the Holy Ghost, and they begin with what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, understand this. To understand what really happened that day, realize that the noise described in these verses was not literally the sound of wind blowing. Quietness Presbyterian Church. It says here, it was a sound from heaven that was like a rushing mighty wind. You need to read your Bible closer. See, the writer compared it to a windstorm because the environment back then wasn't as noisy as ours today. See, in those days, a violent storm was the noisiest thing around. But the question is, what caused that thunderous Pentecostal sound? What caused it? What caused it? It was the roar of God's power filling the atmosphere of this planet. It was the sound of the Holy Spirit arriving from heaven with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels. There was a sound of the blessing coming on the scene and you could have heard that sound anywhere on the planet. Now we talked about this before, but let me remind you that in the beginning, I don't know if you remember, God created an entire host of angels to help fulfill or help mankind fulfill their mission of filling the earth with the garden of Eden come on trying to make this make sense to you let me say it again in the beginning God created what an entire host of angels to help mankind fulfill their mission of filling the earth with the garden of Eden those angels were part of the blessing but when sin turned the blessing into the curse Those angels were expelled from earth's atmosphere. Are you following me out here? See, they had to be recalled back to heaven because why? Satan and his angels who followed him had taken over. From then on, if you read anything about angels, from then on in the Old Testament, angels came to earth only on special assignments. That's why Jacob saw in a dream angels going back and forth from heaven on a spiritual ladder. Come on, they didn't have access to the earth anymore. See, a way had to be made for them to come. Give you another example. Remember the angel that came to deliver a message to the prophet Daniel? He had to fight for 21 days. Come on, are you with me And eventually get help from Michael, the archangel, to break through the demonic forces, blocking his way. Y'all do remember that story, right? If you don't, go back and look it up today. See, during that three-week battle, Daniel did what? He fasted, prayed, and he waited. Why did he have to do that? The reason he had to fast, pray, and wait, because why? He didn't have the name of Jesus to use like we do. He couldn't overcome the devil with the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. So what did he do? He just continued praying until the angels bringing his answers were able to get to him. Oh, you with me out here. Now, on the day of Pentecost, the whole situation changed. Somebody say, the day of Pentecost, everything changed. What happened? The demonic... Spirituals or demonic spirits formerly dominating the earth's atmosphere had been defeated and put under feet of Jesus. Sin had been dealt with, folks. And guess what? There were now born-again men and women on the earth who through faith in Jesus had inherited the blessing. So when Jesus asked God to activate the power of the blessing by sending the Holy Spirit, the multitude of angels who have been waiting for 4,000 years to go to work, guess what? They were released to do their job at last. Come on. They went out of heaven and flooded earth's atmosphere. Are you, are you looking at this? And guess what? They're still here today to help you and me. Come on, they're still ready to serve us, standing ready to serve us. Go to Hebrews 1.13. That's what the Bible tells us. Come on, this is all in your Bible, folks. I'm not not just pulling this out the air. Hebrews 1.13. He says what? But to which of the angels... So he's talking about angels, right? Said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstools. Are they, they who? They who? Angels. Angels. Are they not all? ministering what? Spirits. Sent forth to do what? Minister for them who shall be what? Heirs. Are you an heir of salvation? Come on, are you an heir of salvation? Each one of you has your own personal angel. Now, you may ask, (laughs) if that's true, then why haven't they been doing more for me? (laughs) Come on, say it. Come on, understand this: angels are not free agents. Say neighbor, they're not free agents. They are divinely commissioned to respond to the word of God. Amen. Psalms 103.20. You, Psalms 103 20. That's what it states here. It says, bless the Lord. You his what? Angels that excel in what strength that do His what commandments, hearkening, hearkening what unto the voice of His word. The reason why they haven't doing have been doing more for you is because you really want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> it's because either you have not been conducting yourself properly in their presence because they're not joining in with your mess. Or, there's another part. Or, You're not giving them anything to work with because of your mouth. And that's why they're not doing anything for you. If you want your angels to spring into action, you have to begin speaking the word. Speaking the word instead of talking sickness, instead of talking poverty, instead of talking defeat, and start confessing the blessing over yourself. Come on, say, I'm blessed. Yes. Get mad. Get mad, now, although that influx of angels was awesome, and that's awesome, is that awesome? Come on, isn't it awesome that you've got angels all around? And one day I'm going to teach on angels, but not today. But we have angels all around. Come on, say amen, somebody. But guess what? That still wasn't the most thrilling thing that happened that day. You say, there's more? Yeah, tell your neighbor, there's more. Listen. The fire. The fire. The Holy Ghost fire. That came blazing into the upper room. That was the featured event, folks. Why? That fire was the glorious presence of God Himself coming down to do what? To envelope His people. It was the same fire. That blazed like flaming garment. It blazed like what? Like a, a flaming garment that came out of Adam and Eve before sin extinguished it. It was the same fire that came down on Mount Sinai to meet Moses. The difference was, see at Sinai and every other time God appeared in this flaming glory in the Old Testament... He had to cover himself with a cloud. Are y'all listening to me out there? Otherwise, his power and holiness would have killed everyone instantly. Come on, his lightning-like glory would have vaporized sin and the sinner together. Are you with me out here? But at Pentecost, But at Pentecost, but at Pentecost, God didn't have to cover himself up with a cloud, folks. At Pentecost, he didn't have to protect his disciples from his glory. Why? Because they had been born again. They've been what? Born again. Listen, their spirits had been renewed and they were now as pure and sinless as God himself. through the new birth they had become love just like he is love through the new birth they had become light just as he is light Now, according to 1 Corinthians 6 17 turn there 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 it says but he that is what Join unto the Lord is one spirit. They have become one spirit with Christ. For the first time since the Garden of Eden, God had the thrilling liberty to embrace his people again. And that's exactly what he did, folks. Come on. He came into that upper room in the the fullness of his glorious self and he sat down on every one of them. Come on, he didn't just put a little golden plate looking halo on their heads, folks. He did what? He enveloped him, listen. He enveloped them in himself. He merged himself with them, lighting them up from the inside out with his own fiery spirit. Come on, they walked out of that room, overflowing with his power and glory in the fullness of the blessing of God. And that was the devil's worst nightmare. Why? Because before, he only had Jesus to deal with. (laughs) You hear what I just said. Before, he only had Jesus to deal with. But now, he has a whole slew of begotten sons and daughters that look just like God. Because, listen, the devil don't look at your outward appearance. He looks at what's on the inside of you. And from that day forward, folks, read your Bible. The disciples ministered in that blessing just like Jesus did. They went out in the name and brought the conditions. Listen, they went out in the name. And they brought the conditions of Eden to everyone who would believe and receive. Come on, people were born again. People were healed. They had demons cast out of them. Crowds scrambled just to get close to Peter. Come on, sick people were brought actually laid on the street, hoping that his shadow would fall on them. Amen, because why? They knew if that shadow fell on them, they knew they would be healed. Why? Because of the glory. And see, listen, understand that there was no virtue of power involved in Peter's actual shadow, folks. The shadow was just a frame of reference. The effect of the anointing that was on him. Come on. The effect of the anointing that was on him extended out about a shadow's length from his body, folks. And anyone that got close to him would run into it and get healed. You need to watch some Katharine Kuhlman movies. Katharine Kuhlman would walk through a kitchen and people would just fall out from the glory. Amen. God's no respect to a person, folks. Amen. And understand that Peter, he wasn't some kind of special apostle. No. <laughs> Come on, leader of the church. No, he wasn't like that. Peter, listen, all Peter had, Peter just had a greater revelation of the blessing that belonged to him through the name of Jesus. Amen. He had a greater revelation. Turn, I got that same revelation. See, he knew that when he walked down the street, that blessing was on the scene. Amen. And because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, you and I can have the same power to heal. The same power to deliver just as the apostle Peter had. Matter of fact, Peter said it himself. Let's close. Go to Acts 3.12. Peter said it himself after he and John healed the crippled man at the temple gate a few days after Pentecost. Look what Peter said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we sung that song, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. You don't realize how much power you really have on the inside of you. But you need a revelation of it. Tell your neighbor, I need a revelation of it. When the crowd gathered excitedly around, notice what he said. Peter said this, Acts 3.12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Why look you so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. And killed the prince of life whom God had raised from the dead. Where we are witnesses. Verse 16. And his name. Through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yeah, the faith which is by him has given him what? This perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Peter was saying, hey, don't look at me like I did this by my own holiness. Or some special calling. He said don't make a big deal. Make make, make a big deal of me. He said I was only able to make this guy walk. Because God. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. Come on. Has glorified his son Jesus. And given his son Jesus a name. That's above every name. And his faith in his name. Oh, come on. It's faith in his name that has made this cripple whole. And any believer, anywhere, anytime who will put the same kind of faith in Jesus' name that Peter did can do the same thing as Peter did. Oh, somebody, you should be shouting. Any one of us were dare to believe the blessing that was on the first Adam is the same blessing that has come on us through the last Adam. Jesus, guess what? Can minister just like the disciples did. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, that includes you. By simple faith in the name of Jesus. By simple faith in the name of Jesus. By simple faith in the name of Jesus. We can reach out in the power of the blessing. The only power on this earth that can touch a sin crippled fallen race and make it whole. We have that power. Somebody say I got that power. Let your hands be for the Lord. Say I believe I received that. Come and say, I believe I receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah. The same power, the same power lives in me. Come on, we sung the song this morning. The same power lives in me that raised Jesus from the dead. I just need a revelation of it. Because until you get a revelation of it, you're never going to walk in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord.